Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. TCK Potters, happy week 16, championship week. We hope you're still participating in fantasy football. If you are, go get that crown. Sky here rolling solo as I always do, but this time it's a Wednesday. Wasn't able to get the pot up yesterday on Tuesday, so it's a Wednesday this week. Recapping the week 15 action team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Email us your fantasy questions for the championship week to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. All right, family, let's start with Thursday night football last week. I watched the first quarter of this game in the airport here in Eugene uh, or in Oakland, excuse me, and flew back to Eugene um, this uh, Thursday night, last Thursday night, pardon me. And I uh, had mentioned last week on the podcast that I was texting Daniel and Curly 
on the way before I got on that I needed Justin Jackson to have two touchdowns to get me through in my league of record, uh, our league of record, the three of us to get uh, into the championship game. And Justin Jackson came through with a late score, which helped out, but I was able to get into the league of record championship. We'll talk about that later in the week. But the Chargers get a huge win in Kansas City to match up tied for the division lead in the AFC West and get that top wild card spot. But if anything happens the next couple of weeks, Chargers win out, Chiefs lose a game, the Chargers will end up being that number one seed. Crazy. Pick the Chargers and the Saints as my uh, Super Bowl uh, pick preseason with the Saints winning overall. And right now, uh, both of them are one and potential. Uh, well, Saints are number one seed. Chargers are technically number five seed right now, but they uh, could be a number one seed here in the next couple of weeks. Let's get into it here. The Chargers 29, Chiefs 28. Chargers clinch a playoff berth for the first time since 2013. Phillip Rivers, big day, 313 through the air, two touchdowns, a two-point conversion, and two interceptions. Mike Williams, huge game, 19-yard rushing touchdown on a reverse, but he also had two scores as well on 76 yards and seven catches on nine targets after Keenan Allen left the game early with a hip injury after an almost touchdown, a hell of an attempt for Keenan Allen. No touchdown, though, did leave the game with a hip injury. He's questionable for Week 16. I would pump the brakes on Mike Williams either way uh, this week. They're playing against the Ravens, A, and for, and secondly, if Keenan Allen plays, Mike Williams would go back to his second-tier position. We'll get into that rest of the week. Justin Jackson, as I mentioned, nice game, 16 rushes for 58 yards and a touchdown, another 27 yards through the air. For him, Melvin Gordon should be back in week 16. Tyrell Williams, uh, six catches, 71 yards on 12 targets. Good day for him as well. Again, the Williams brothers probably not going to have as much of an impact if Keenan Allen does play this week, so keep an eye on that. Melvin Gordon did not play in this game, but should be good for week 16. And again, the uh, Chargers are playing Baltimore. So either way, I'm not super excited about any of the Chargers options, but you know you have to fire them up regardless in your championship. For Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, 243 and two touchdowns. Damian Williams filling in for Spencer Ware, 10 rushes, 49 yards, two touchdowns, six catches, 76 yards on six catches. Travis Kelsey, business as usual. Uh, low yardage total, but he did get to 13 fantasy points in PPR leagues, which is Great for a tight end. Regardless, seven catches, 61 yards, nine targets. Tyreek Hill, dud game here. Four catches, 46 yards on seven targets. Moving on to the first of two Saturday games. Houston Texans get a late win, 29-22 over the Jets. Texans have 10-plus wins for the third time in franchise history. Deshaun Watson, 294, two touchdowns, another 26 on the ground. DeAndre Hopkins, huge game, 10 catches, 170 through the air, two touchdowns on 11 targets. Demarius Thomas, decent game, six catches, 59 yards on eight targets. And Kaimi Fairbairn remains the number one kicker on the season. 22 points in this one for uh, your fantasy leagues. Huge, huge boost if you play kickers and have Kaimi Fairbairn winning people leagues. Lamar Miller was hurt early with the ankle injury and is questionable for week 16 at Philadelphia. For the Jets, Robbie Anderson, nice game. Seven catches, 96 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets. And Sam Darnold, also a great game. 253, two, cat, uh, two touchdowns, another 35 on the ground. I love Sam Darnold for next year. We'll get into that in the po in the uh, postseason and preseason for 2019. Elijah McGuire sitting in for uh, 
Isaiah Crowell, excuse me, 18 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches, 29 yards on four targets. No stallers really for the Jets as far as people you are playing. The nightcap on Saturday, Cleveland Browns get a big win in Denver, keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Denver is officially eliminated from the postseason. Browns 17, Denver 16. This game was in mile high. Browns very impressive in this one. Browns win their first game versus Denver since 1990 for the Browns no ballers really uh but everybody else had decent games so not quite staller games either but no ballers per se Antonio Callaway five catches 35 yards a touchdown on seven targets Baker Mayfield 188 two touchdowns and a pick Perriman had a touchdown Nick Chubb 20 rushes 100 yards but nothing in the pass game Duke Johnson four for 28 on the ground four for 25 through the air Jarvis Landry three for 37 came back down to earth here so very surprising considering the uh, Broncos are without Chris Harris Jr., the top slot cornerback in the league. Jarvis Landry unable to get free, though. Unfortunately, he was uh, unable to catch five of his eight targets. Uh, David Njoku, three for 30. For the Denver Broncos, no ballers either. Deshaun Hamilton, three for 46 on 12 targets. Tim Patrick, five for 65 on eight targets. Cortland Sutton, five for 42. And uh, Philip Lindsay, just 14 carries. For 24 yards, another 20 through the air. Philip Lindsay stalled out the last two weeks. Hopefully he keeps that rolling this week as I'm playing him in the championship. <laughs> Next up, first game of the Sunday slot. The uh, Titans shut out the New York football Giants 17 to nothing. Derrick Henry remains on a tear. He's got 400 rushing yards and six touchdowns in his past two games combined. My goodness, Derrick Henry on the day, 33 carries, 170 and two touchdowns. If he's getting this usage, he's going to be a beast. Hopefully next year he'll actually get this usage and we draft him high again and he'll be able to, uh, you know, maybe not be on this kind of a tear, but we know what happens if he can get that volume here. So big up on Derrick Henry. Uh, Stallers, though, Deion Lewis, seven for 35 and three for nine through the air. Corey Davis, three for 33 on six targets, and Marcus Mariota just 88 yards. It was a horrible game, but he got the win in a uh, rainy, sloppy atmosphere. He did throw an incredible block on a run play by Derrick Henry, though. Go check that out. For the Giants, Evan Ingram, eight for 75 on 12 targets, filling in for Odell Beckham Jr. If Odell sits out again, Evan Ingram should have another nice game this week. Stallers, Saquon Barkley, 14 for 31, 4 for 25 on 10 targets, and Eli Manning, 2 for 29 and a pick. Miami and Minnesota. Minnesota, huge win over Miami here. Miami comes back down to earth after a cheating-ass win against the Patriots. And, uh, of course, uh, Kenny Drake doesn't do anything in this game. Uh, just one carry for six yards, 3 for 28 on eight targets, but he boosted me out of the playoffs last week on his ridiculous uh, Hail Mary um, lateral situation. God damn it. Uh, 41-17, the uh, Vikings get a huge win over Miami and technically remain alive in the playoff hunt. This is uh, the Vikings' first win versus the Dolphins since 2002. Kalen Balage, nice game sitting in for Frank Gore, who unfortunately left the game and is out for the season and maybe a career ender with a, it's just a sprained foot, but at his age, trying to find another job if the Dolphins don't bring him back is slim pickings, unfortunately, for the legend Frank Gore. Kalen Balage, 12 carries, 123, a touchdown, which is a 75-yard burst. 
I mentioned him in the preseason. I was super high on him. Of course, he has not gotten his chance with Gore and Drake staying healthy. But in the in a, a game here, he's gotten a few carries throughout the season. But in a featured role, he was able to make it happen. So I I look forward to talking about him again in the preseason next year. I do not believe in Kenyon Drake. I think he's a good talent, but obviously the coaches do not believe in him either. Nothing from the Miami receivers once again. For the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, a huge game, 19 carries, 136, and two touchdowns on the ground. Another 27-yard catch as well. Love Dalvin Cook. I mentioned him in the preseason as well. Uh, he was one of my ride-or-die uh, candidates. Excuse me. Can't talk this morning. Ride-or-die candidates, but uh, unfortunately, he has not gotten the featured role either with injuries. But again, I look forward to talking about him in the preseason for next year as well. Stephon Diggs, not much, but he did get a touchdown, 49 yards on four catches and that score. Kirk Cousins, 215, two touchdowns and a pick. Latavius Murray, 68 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And Aldrick Robinson gets another token touchdown, not much otherwise. And Adam Thielen, the lone staller here, two for 19 on two targets. Oof. Moving on to Jacksonville, where the Washington Redskins escape a victory from the terrible Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. 16-13, Redskins get the win here. Dustin Hopkins has the game-winning field goal. For the Redskins, no ballers. Tight end Sprinkle had a touchdown. Adrian Peterson, 19 for 51, and just another 20 through the air, and nothing from the Washington receivers. For Jacksonville, no ballers either. The Jags D did have a touchdown in this one, but can't wasn't enough with no offense from the Jaguars. And Leonard Fournette, 11 carries, 46 yards, and three catches for 18 yards on four targets. Moving into Indianapolis, the Cowboys shut out for the first time since Week 11, 2003. The Colts take care of them 23-0 for the Cowboys. No ballers, which is very surprising the way that Zeke, Cooper, and Prescott have been playing lately, but no ballers on this week. Stallers, Zeke Elliott, 18 for 87, another 41 through the air. Couldn't get going versus Stout. Colts defense, Amari Cooper, 4 for 32, 7 targets. Dak Prescott, two for 20, uh, 206, excuse me, no touchdowns and a pick. No rushing for Dak in this game which is surprising there. And Brett Maher, negative one fantasy points in a plus matchup inside, who's been a reliable kicker there. For the Colts, Marlon Mack, huge game, 27 carries, 139 and two touchdowns, one catch on 10 targets. We're seeing more and more late in the season here as the weather gets cold, although, of course, this game is indoors. But we're seeing more and more that some of these backs like uh, Dalvin Cook, um, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, these backs are getting more featured role, you know, 15, 20 plus touches, and uh, they're able to put up huge numbers. So we see the NFL trending in the passing, obviously, but maybe we'll keep a little bit of balance next year as some of these running backs are really showing great numbers with um, higher volume, of course. You can't expect a guy to have 100 plus yards and multiple touchdowns with 10, 12 carries. So uh, hopefully we'll see that balance come back next year. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, staller in this game, four or five for 85. Not a terrible game, but not what he's been putting up lately. Naheem Hines, 19 yards on the ground, 45 through the air. And Andrew Luck, just 192, no touchdowns, uh, six rushes for 20 yards. Andrew Luck actually has played well in this game. They didn't really need them. Marlon Mack was on fire, and uh, they were really just trying to control the clock to keep the Cowboys off the field, which they did very well. And the Colts get a big win at home here to remain in the playoff hunt themselves. Eric Ebron, just one catch for eight yards on three targets, dropped two um, 
gnarly passes. Actually, they were great passes. He had two gnarly drops, I should say. Moving into Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals get a big win versus Oakland. Both these teams have been eliminated for quite a while. Uh, maybe not statistically, technically for the Bengals, but they have been playing uh, on a downward spiral. Losers of five straight before this one. Oakland has got a couple random wins this year, but they're a bad team. Um, this was a pretty horrible game, but the Bengals played well at home here to get some pride to end the season. 30-16 over the Raiders. Mixon has back-to-back 100-yard rushing games for the first time in his career. For Oakland, Jordy Nelson, the lone bright spot, 6 for 88 on 8 targets. Derek Carr, 263 and a touchdown. Jalen Richard, 9 yards on the ground, 67 through the air. Doug Martin, just 39 on the ground and nothing through the air, unfortunately. Uh, he was a big pickup versus, uh, really, the Raiders were big streamers versus the her- uh, terrible Bengals defense, but the Bengals defense actually played pretty well in this game. I watched most of it. Um, they, they, you know, they're not very good overall, but they did play well in this game, and they were out with uh, without Vontez Perfect. Uh, Jared Cook two for twenty three for five targets. That's Jared Cook for you, unfortunately. For Cincinnati, uh, mixing huge day as I mentioned, twenty seven carries, one twenty nine and two. Again, another back that had over twenty touches. Huge game. Make it happen, coaches. Figure it out. Uh, uh, Tyler Boyd unfortunately left the game after a touchdown. He did catch a touchdown, so he gave you something. But Tyler Boyd left the game, uh, and he is questionable for week. I have he's questionable for week sixteen, but I think I've actually seen a report since I missed this that he is done for the season. So um, double check that. I'll report that later on this week. But I believe Tyler Boyd is actually done for the season. Here I made my notes um, late Monday night. Um, CJ Ozama. One catch, 27 yards on five targets. Let's move on to the Bears. The Bears shut down the Packers and clinch the NFC North for the first time since 2010. Bears huge win, 24-17 over the Packers. Obviously, the Packers aren't the Packers of old, but this is still a huge win for the Bears. For the Packers, Devontae Adams cannot be stopped no matter who's uh, who he's playing on defense. Eight for 119 on th- 13 targets. Jamal Williams comes in, has a nice game, 12 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown, 42 through the air as well. The number one streaming candidate of as um, uh, as well. Unfortunately for Jamal Williams, or uh, the Packers, Aaron Jones left the game and is put on IR with a knee injury. So Jamal Williams came in. Um, did well in his absence, but uh, Aaron Jones was the starter for a reason. So we'll see what happens moving forward into week 16 for Jamal Williams and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers stalled out here, 274, no touchdowns and one pick and nothing from the uh, Green Bay receivers. Aaron Rodgers ended his 400-plus attempt streak without an interception on a tip pass in the end zone. Um wasn't able to come up with the touchdown there. It was tipped and intercepted, so not really on Rodgers, but it goes against him, ending his NFL record 400-plus attempts with a uh, with no interceptions. For the Bears, Trubisky, 235 and two touchdowns. Jordan Howard playing well as of late. Again, 19 carries, almost 20, doing work, just 60 yards, but he did get into the end zone. Tariq Cohen stalled out here, five ca- uh, carries for 21 yards, 31 yards on five catches, and a touchdown through the air. Trey Burton comes back to life, 36 yards and a touchdown, and Allen Robinson, 54 yards on three catches. Let's go to Buffalo. Buffalo squeaks out a win versus Detroit, 14-13. Robert Foster, who has been playing very well, the receiver for the Bills. He's been creeping. I've been mentioning the last couple of podcasts, and all of a sudden the uh, mass media is catching on too, so I'm proud of myself for beating the curve on that, or beating the curve on that one, I should say. 
Robert Foster has 100 receptions in three of his, excuse me, 100 receiving yards in three of his last five games since being promoted from the practice squad. So scoop up Robert Foster if you need a deep streaming option uh, in the fantasy playoffs. The For the Lions, Kenny Galladay, huge game, seven catches, 146 and eight against Tredavious White. Very impressive there for Kenny Galladay. He's going to be an absolute beast next year once the Lions figure shit out and Carrion Johnson comes back. Carrion Johnson is placed on IR, unfortunately. He's been out the last handful of weeks. I've been sitting on him waiting to see if it'll it'll come back. Unfortunately, he is done for the year. Uh, Zach Zenner in his place, 10, catch, uh, 10 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Matt Stafford just 208, a touchdown, no picks. Nothing from Blunt or Riddick. For the Bills, Josh Allen, 204 and a touchdown. Looked good as a passer in this game. Just 16 rushing yards after multiple games of a rushing touchdown and or 100 or at least 99 rushing yards. Came into this game, Daniel had a great stat that the Lions had actually had the least quarterback rushing yards on the season allowed. And sure enough, they kept Josh Allen, who's been absolutely on fire this season as of late, running the ball to eight, uh, nine carries for 16 yards. He did get into the end zone on a scramble, but just 16 yards from him. Robert Foster, as I mentioned, four for 108 and a touchdown on his five targets, nothing from all other receivers. And all four Bills running backs were out for this game. Keith Ford would be the starter in Week 16 versus the Patriots, but not really feeling the Bills offense in general in Foxborough with a must-win at this point for the Patriots. Heading into Baltimore, Baltimore gets a win. Uh, in another sloppy game, uh, this one 20-12 to or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Lamar Jackson improves to 4-1 and as a starter on the season. There's rumblings in the bushes that maybe Flacco will come back. I don't think it'll happen. Lamar's been playing too well. I think he's just an emergency policy. For the Buccaneers, Peyton Barber has a nice game. 19 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Another running back to sniff 20 carries. It might be a late-season situation with the weather, but something to keep an eye on here. Mike Evans, 4 for 121 on nine targets. About 60-plus of that came on a broken play and a a shot from Jameis when Evans was able to get free, but it's nice to see uh, Jameis and Evans hooking up here late, and obviously Evans is able to you know be a huge body, and Jameis is down to chuck it. So he broke free for about 60-plus. If you took that away, it's just about three for 60. But either way, he did get the points there, no touchdown, but nice game from Mike Evans. Jameis Winston, however, just 157 and a pick, no touchdowns from him. Cameron Brait, one catch, nine yards on two targets, no touchdown. And Chris Godwin, skunked. He was unable to get a reception on his three targets, and he has just one catch on his last 13 targets. One for 13. Unbelievable after a 100-yard performance just a couple weeks ago. Adam Humphreys comes back to earth, five catches, 23 yards on six targets. For the Baltimore Ravens, Gus Bus continues to roll on 19 carries. Another running back with almost 20 carries, 104 and a touchdown. Stallers, uh, Lamar Jackson, 131 and a passing touchdown and 95 on the ground. So not a terrible game, really. Uh, but again, to rely on rushing uh, from a quarterback seems to be pretty consistent. But we saw what happened with Josh Allen. If he's unable to get those rushing yards, he's not going to have a big day through the air. And they face a very stout Chargers defense next week on Saturday. Willie Sneed, 5 for 58 on six targets. Kenneth Dixon, just 11 carries and 48 yards. So Gus Edwards still the number one back there in Baltimore and not much from the rest of the tight ends or receivers for Baltimore. 
Moving on to Atlanta and Arizona. This game was actually uh, high scoring. Atlanta 40, Arizona 14. Tevin Coleman had 145 rushing yards for a career high on the day. Tevin Coleman, 11 carries, 145, and a touchdown. Matt Ryan, 231 and two touchdowns. Another rushing touchdown for eight, uh, 18 yards on the ground. Another rushing touchdown. And Julio Jones gets free for one. Six catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown for eight targets. Of course, you're firing up Julio forever. And some stallers, uh, Justin Hardy, who I don't think was necessarily a playing option, but I did mention him last week. I played him in DFS. Uh, He did catch a touchdown, so actually maybe he shouldn't be in the stallers, but just three for 29 otherwise. But he did catch a touchdown, just so many options there in the uh, Atlanta offense. Calvin Ridley, five for 42 on seven targets, and Ido Smith was placed on IR with a torn meniscus, unfortunately, in his left knee. He is done for the season. For the Arizona Cardinals, David Johnson, 11 carries, 33 yards and a touchdown, another 68 on three catches through the air, and Larry Fitzgerald, 7 for 82 on eight targets. Sherfield, 3 for 15 and a touchdown. I mentioned him last week as well, something to keep an eye on in deep leagues. And Josh Rosen was benched after throwing a touchdown early to David Johnson. He played pretty horribly, turning the ball over on consecutive possessions after that. The coaching staff was done with Josh Allen. Put in Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon peppered the shit out of Larry Fitzgerald, which is a nice sight to see depending on who is the starter next week. But we'll keep you posted on that. If Mike Glennon is the starter because the Cardinals have nothing to play for, they don't need to get their uh, franchise quarterback, Josh Rosen, hurt. So they might just fire up Mike Glennon. But if they do, um, Larry Fitzgerald should be a nice play next week. Let's move on to a couple last games here in this Sunday afternoon slot. The 49ers get a huge win at home, 26-23 over division rivals Seattle Seahawks, potentially knocking the Seahawks out of playoff contention. They're still in it, but the Niners have potentially made their season after a rough year of injuries and letdowns and losing in close games. Niners get a huge win at home here to uh, wrap up the season. Uh, Well, pretty much uh, here in week 15, the Niners get their first win over the Seahawks since week 14 in 2013. For the Seahawks, Chris Carson, 22 carries, 119 and a touchdown. Once again, we got a theme here late in the season. Six catches, 26, uh, 29 yards. If Chris Carson's healthy, Pete Carroll loves him. End of story. Doug Baldwin, nice game here, 77 yards and two touchdowns on four catches. And Russie Will, 237, two touchdowns, another 15 yards on five carries. Mike Davis, 21 yards and 63 on eight carries through the or eight catches through the air. Tyler Lockett, dud game here, two for 45, does not get his token touchdown. For the 49ers, Robbie Gold, really the MVP in this game, four field goals, including the game winner in overtime. Nick Mullins, just 275 and a touchdown. Matt Breida left the game with an ankle injury once again. He seems to do that every single week. He's questionable for Week 16 versus Chicago. I would bench him anyway. I do not like any of the 49ers versus Chicago. They've uh, shut down the Rams. They shut down the Packers. Their defense is top-notch. Best in the league this year. Do not start your 49ers in your championship week versus Chicago Bears. Jeff Wilson stepped in when Breida left with seven carries for 46 yards. George Kittle came back down to earth. Three catches, uh, let's see, three for 51 on eight targets. Brett Selleck, um, excuse me, uh, the other Selleck, I should say, um, 41 yard touchdown for him on a broken play. Should have been Kittles, but it was Selleck's, unfortunately. For uh, fantasy players, nobody played Selleck. And Dante Pettis, 
five catches, 85, 83 yards on five targets. Love Dante Pettis coming into next year. He's going to be a, a sleeper for me for sure, a late round, um, kind of a Geronimo Allison from last year. I think he's going to get that kind of hype coming into next year, so stay tuned for that. Moving on to a great game, kind of a sloppy game really, but a nice competitive game uh, between the Steelers and the Patriots Steelers get a huge win at home, keeping their playoff hopes alive 17 to 10. And the Patriots have lost two straight December games for the first time since 2002, new England. uh, Julian Edelman was a lone baller in this game, seven for 90 on 11 targets, a couple wide open looks there. The, The Steelers secondary is pretty porous. The rest of the Patriots team though, uh, ended up stalling out fantasy-wise in this game. Chris Hogan caught a 63-yard touchdown on blown coverage, which was the most wide-open receiver in three years, according to next-gen stats, but he didn't have anything other than that play. Tom Brady, 279, a touchdown and a pick. James White, yikes. Two carries, 12 yards, five catches, 25 yards on seven targets. Certainly let down Daniel in the semifinals, unfortunately, and probably everybody else that played him. Rex Burkhead, four carries, 25 yards, and three catches, 18 yards. Sonny Michelle, 13 carries, 59 yards, nothing in the pass game. And Rob Gronkowski, man, Rob Gronkowski is done. Unfortunately, we had a, a sliver of hope last week, but not getting it done. Two for 21 on five targets. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jalen Samuels, great game, filling in for James Conner once again. 19 carries, 142, boom, once again there. Two catches, 30 yards for Jalen Samuels. A.B., Big Ben, and Juju let down, unfortunately, though. A.B. did get his touchdown. Uh, He tied his career high with 13 touchdowns, but just four catches for 49 yards otherwise. And Big Ben, 235, two touchdowns, but two picks. James Washington, three for 65 on four targets. I'll be talking about him in the uh, postseason. Talked about him in the preseason, stoked on him and his potential. Seeing these guys coming around late, giving me a little bit of validation for my rando names. Um, So I'll be talking about these guys over the postseason here, so stay tuned. We are going to roll through the summer, or I should say the winter and the spring leading into the summer. Vance McDonald got a touchdown with nothing else, and Juju Smith-Schuster just four for 40 on 10 targets. Heading into the Sunday night slate, the Rams get upset at home by the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles, the real deal. The Rams, uh, Eagles win 30-23, to keeping their playoff hopes alive and knocking the Rams into the number two seed behind the Saints, who got a win on Monday Night Football, which I'll get to in just a second. The Rams lose two straight for the first time since 2016. For the Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey, huge game with Nick Foles, eight for 160 on eight targets. Big game from Alshon Jeffrey. He's been sleeping all season. Nick Foles loves Jeffrey. Uh Carson Wentz loves Zach Ertz. That's how it goes for the Eagles. Smallwood, 10 for 48 and two touchdowns. Uh, Golden Tate, 5 for 43 on five targets. Nick Foles, 270, no touchdown or um, no touchdowns, excuse me, and uh, that one pick. And Josh Adams, 15 for 28 and a touchdown as well. Zach Ertz, just three for 22. Yikes. Killed fantasy teams. For the Rams, Todd Gurley left the game with a knee injury, got scoped out, came back, had ice on his knees. Questionable for this week coming up. We'll see what happens. We know the Rams like to rest their players. Sean McVay could definitely rest the um, Todd Gurley versus the Cardinals. 
but we'll see what happens here. And this one, um, I think he'll play. I mean, the Rams need to to lock up that number two seed, and they need to fight for that number one seed to get that home field advantage. So I think Gurley's going to play, but just a, a, a report to keep an eye on throughout the week. Todd Gurley on the day, 12 for 48, two touchdowns, 10 catches for 76 yards on 13 targets through the air. Robert Woods, one rush for 19 yards, seven catches for 74 yards on nine, nine targets. And Josh Reynolds, my dog, five catches, 70 yards on 12 targets. And Brandon Cooks, nine, or excuse me, six catches on seven targets for 59 yards. I'm excited to see what the Rams are going to do with four quality receivers, assuming everybody remains on the team next year, because Josh Reynolds has stepped in very well for Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup is a stud, obviously, but he got hurt. But we'll see what happens with Cooks and Woods contractually. This is a huge receiving core here, though, for the Rams coming into next year. Jared Goff has not been the same since Cooper Cup went out, though. 339 yards, but no touchdowns and two picks, costly picks. And uh, John Kelly, um, potentially, and uh, C.J. Anderson, uh, who just got picked up by the Rams. Uh, both decent pickups if you're in deep leagues, just to uh, consider what's going on here with Todd Gurley. And last game on the slate, the Carolina Panthers lose one at home. To the Saints, the Carolina Panthers had multiple opportunities to win this game, but Cam Newton looks like shit. He's definitely hurt. He needs sh- uh, off-season shoulder surgery. That's not an official report that I know of, but I'm telling you that was that's what needs to happen. He looked terrible in this game, could not throw the ball more than 10 yards. Subsequently, uh, basically um, destroying uh, fantasy hopes with uh, Ian Thomas, maybe uh, uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey had a decent game when he threw for a 50-yard touchdown, but uh, um, unfortunately Cam Newton was not able to get it done and uh, burn many fantasy hope in the semis. The Saints get an ugly win, 12-9 to over the Carolina Panthers and secure that number one seed. Uh, as for now, again, the Rams have a chance over the next couple of weeks, but the Saints are in the driver's seat with a big home game versus Pittsburgh this week in Week 16. Christian McCaffrey throws for first non-quarterback touchdown in Panthers history and passes D'Angelo Williams for first uh, uh, for most scrimmage yards in a single season in franchise history. Christian McCaffrey also is the only player other than Walter Payton to rush, pass, and receive 50 yards in the same game since the Super Bowl era. Pretty impressive there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey on the day did have that 50-yard touchdown. It was kind of a, it was like a draw play, hit behind the line, threw a little pass to uh, Manhurts, the uh, great last name. Manhurts, the tight end there, snuck out and caught his 50-yard touchdown. McCaffrey on the rest of the day, 15 carries for 53 yards and eight catches for 67 yards. The Saints really did a great job bottling him up overall outside of that trick play pass, which I'm sure they weren't game planning for. But otherwise, they they really did um, bottle up Christian McCaffrey very well uh, with that stout rushing offense from the Saints. Uh, Cam Newton, as I mentioned, nothing. 131, no touchdowns and a pick. He looked terrible, as I mentioned shoulder surgery imminent i think um definitely going to be interesting to see if they just shut him down for the season now the panthers are out of the playoff hunt losing six in a row after being on fire early in the season uh curtis samuel and dj moore combined for two receptions on for 29 yards on seven targets definitely lost some people some semis there and ian thomas who i expected a big game from two for 14 on four targets 
That'll do it for the days, uh, for the games there on the slate. Let's get into our top performers, and we'll get rolling. Top performers at each position. We'll start with the quarterbacks, and once again, this is for full PPR leagues. Quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Russell Wilson, Phillip Rivers, and Patrick Mahomes. Running backs, Todd Gurley, Damian Williams for the Chiefs, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Christian McCaffrey, and Marlon Mack. For the receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, Alshon Jeffrey, Doug Baldwin, Robbie Anderson, Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay, and Robert Foster. Tight ends, Evan Ingram, Garrett Selleck, Trey Burton, uh, Travis Kelsey, Chris Manhurts, and uh, Sprinkle from the Redskins. So not Vernon Davis, but it was Sprinkle getting it done. Potentially a uh, fantasy streaming option, but I don't want to trust anybody in that uh, Redskins offense. But Sprinkle with that touchdown and the Titans or the tight ends being so horrible was the number six tight end on the week. DSTs, Falcons, Colts, Redskins, Vikings, and Titans leading the charge. And for the kickers, Fairbairn, Gold, Elliott, Vinatieri, and Carlson. That'll do it for week 16 or, or the week 15 recap. Man, we're in week 16 already. Week 15 recap. Dunzo. Remember to email your start-sit questions for championship weekend to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the week for game day updates. This week there is no Thursday night football game, but there's Saturday afternoon, Saturday night football, Sunday, Sunday night football, Monday night football, of course. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck in week 16. Bring home that championship, family. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.